You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. And I'm Kai, and I use they, she pronouns. Yeah, we've got a jam-packed episode for you. We've got the week in community news, and we've also got a giveaway. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about the giveaway. We'll we'll get we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll tell you all about that. And then we've also got an interview with Four Triple Z icon Alexis Pink, which is going to be great because we'll be discussing things journalism and politics and how trans identity plays into that. And we've also got later in the episode. Hopefully, we've got enough time. Kai and I will be chatting about a bit of a recap from Brisbane Feminist Festival over the weekend. So yeah, another great episode coming up. Just a little heads up for our podcast listeners out there. I have decided to no longer include some of the music that we've been putting in with the podcast. Not for any bad reason, just because I would really like to highlight the artists and get them some proper play. So part of that is if you want to know what music is involved with the live broadcast can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z, and there you can see the list of all the bands that we're playing. We love to prioritize our trans and gender non-conforming artists, and it's really important that we highlight them. So if you really, really want to listen back, I really implore you to, yeah, head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. Yeah. Ah, so let's get straight into the week in community news. So first up is Evil Z is coming up on the 29th of October. I'm going to play the really cool spot because I really like it. I'm going to do it again. 4ZZZ is reanimating the dead and summoning the evil spirits for a Halloween sonic slaughter at Greaser Bar on Saturday 29th October. Evil Z is our multi-genre party. And in the garage we have Digital, Bacchus Harsh, Namshub, Hallucinogenic versus Cardiac Arrest, Micmac and Schizoid B2B Synonymics, Sniffer Dog, SLK, Xenolith, B-Rock and Radley, Sam P3, sound provided by PK Sound and Lighting by Lightbomb. Prizes for best costume from Berserk Clothing. This is going to be a hell of a party. Saturday, 29th of October. Get your tickets for Evil Z through Moshtix now. $25 full price or $20 for four Triple Z subs. That sounds sick. I'll be there. I'm going to buy a shirt. I implore everyone, if you can, to come on October 29th. It's from 2pm. big part of it is that it's a fundraiser. We're trying to raise money so we can hopefully extend and get a disability access studio at 4ZZZ here in Fortitude Valley. So yeah, come along, have some drinks, get all spooky with us, be heaps of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when you buy the tickets, you can buy the shirt then, uh, because I think there'll be very limited shirts at the event. So it's worth pre-purchasing them. They look really cool. cool. And they're, yeah, and they're limited edition. So they're like this cool kind of like Troll doll zombie head on the Halloween poster. Halloween themed. Yeah, yeah it's, so, very cool. it's very cool. It's actually, is this one of the, this may be the first like Halloween spooky shirt that Zed have done, I think. That I know of. That in I my, know of. In my living memory. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really, really sick. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's all we've got for the week in events. There are some stuff coming up in November, but I'll talk to them uh, a little bit later in the month. But right now we've got some local news. What's going on? No. Oh. I mean, I guess it's more national with the AFLW having their pride round this past weekend. Every AFL team, AFLW team was 
donned in their beautiful pride jerseys. And we especially loved the Bulldog pride one, which was predominantly the trans flag. So um, the... The normally has some of the trans flag. So it has like the red, white, and blue hoops that sort of like swing around mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. uniform, but they've actually swapped them out for the pastel blue, white, and pink, and it looks really good. Yeah, the Rainbow Progress flag is also featured across the top back panel of their jersey as well, which is really cool. Wasn't there also somewhere on a pitch they put the... Oh, yeah, the rainbow, the rainbow. On, the, on the 50 meter line. So the, the AFLW Pride round was originally just the Carlton and Western Bulldogs teams playing each other. And then it's become an entire round for the entire sport. And so every team gets involved. But the Bulldogs really wanted to emphasize trans... Solidarity. Trans solidarity, yeah, uh, because they think it's a really important issue that, you know, needs more publicity and more understanding, you know, which I can definitely get behind. Very cool. It's really cool. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's also, if you want to check out all the AFLW Club's Pride jerseys, There'll be a link on the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z, and you can take a look at all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of you are massive AFL fans out there. I'm like <laughs> a semi-AFL fan, but yeah, I've been really getting into it, and I've been really loving these jerseys. Oh, um, and the yeah. AFLW is, yeah, fantastic. There's so much skill there. Mm. Um, and it's it's just very interesting to see this with in stark contrast to the controversy in the you know men's league NRL Yes. Uh, that happened earlier this year. You know, Spitting like the dummy, yeah. It's it's nice to see mm. real sports people showing people how it's done. This is this is how you be professional. This is how you support your supporters, really. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it's great because it also is encouraging inclusivity within uh, the sports industry. And as a former professional women's athlete myself, this is something that I actually never thought that I would see when I was playing. So mm. it's really cool, very heartwarming. Mm. I love it. And the AFLW actually has at least two non-binary players as far as I know. So. Yeah, actually, I will keep that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about sports sometime. Sorry to all the nerdy trans listeners well, that we yeah, have it's, here. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a huge mm. topic. It really is. It really is. And it's mm. probably going to be around for a while, this discussion. So probably hear us talk about it off and on on Transmission. Uh, if you're tuning in, you're listening to Transmission on 4 Z, And we're about to do a giveaway. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the giveaway, New Farm Queer Film Festival, which will be down in New Farm Cinemas. It's running for about seven days, so from October, Thursday, October 20th to Thursday the 27th. New Farm Cinemas is proud to announce the first iteration of the New Farm Queer Film Festival. Having celebrated 100 years as a cinema in 2021, the film festival takes place in a theatre that has a long history of screening queer interest films and film festivals. Across seven days, New Farm Queer Film Festival will screen 10 films, mostly Queensland premieres, with some cult retros and fascinating documentaries. The festival kicks off with the red carpet opening night, screening of French comedy drama The Divide, the Queensland premiere of the acclaimed Cairns competition title, and Champagne on Arrival from 6pm for a 6.30pm screening. So yeah, you get some red carpet and champagne... Wow, that sounds incredible. It does sound really good. Our centerpiece screening is Queensland premiere of the twisted and surreal comedy Please Baby Please from director Amanda Kramer, psychosexual riff on the works of John Waters and Kenneth Anger. Uh, Dress Up is encouraged for the sexy and wicked leather costumed film. Yeah, so this is pretty cool. You can purchase tickets from fivestarcinema.com.au forward slash 
newfarm forward slash nfqff. For the giveaway for transmission this morning, we have a double pass for Monday, 24th of October to see Please Baby Please, which is going to be a Queensland premiere at 7.30pm at New Farm Cinemas. To be eligible for the giveaway, you must be a current 4ZZZ subscriber and you must be the first to text in on 0420626733 to answer a mystery question. So... The answer to this mystery question is in the description of the film, Please Baby Please, that I am going to read right now. So, please don't be driving. Pull over. Get your phone out. Get ready. Get Prepare ready. yourself. Be safe. I'm, yeah, be safe. That's right. Be safe. None of those, you know, texting and driving. We're not about that here. So, yeah, I'm going to read the film description. Somewhere in the film description, if you pay attention, will be the answer to the mystery question that I'll ask afterwards. So, get ready to text in at 0420626733. Here we go. A film by Amanda Kramer, A Streetcar Named Desire, by way of John Waters. Andrea Riseborough leads this leather-clad, gender-bending... Treatise. Treatise on lust, marriage and camp. Also starring Demi Moore, Harry Melling, Carl Gulsman and Dana Ashbrook from Twin Peaks. Newlyweds, Suze and Arthur become the dangerous obsession of a greaser gang that awakens a sleeping quandary about the couple's sexual identity after witnessing a murder in the gritty streets of a surreal 1950s Manhattan. The mystery question is, who is the director of Please Baby Please? So yeah, there you go. Text in on 0420626733. Who is the director of Please Baby Please? First person to text in wins a double pass, which will be on the 24th of October. At New Farm Cinemas is a Queensland premiere. Please, baby, please. Who is the director? Yeah. All right. Amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane, and beyond. Transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news, music, and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. And we have a winner. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for messaging in the correct answer to the mystery question, which was, who is the director of Please Baby Please? It is Amanda Kramer. So yeah, congratulations. We will sort out getting everything to you in the break. So yeah, congratulations. Woo! Yeah, and to anyone that wasn't able to enter the competition because you're not a subscriber, you should fix that because um, we'll be having more giveaways. That's right. Transmission have plans to have many giveaways. So if you'd like to be involved and have a chance to win some cool stuff, mm-hmm. please subscribe. Head over to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support to do that one. That's it. Perfect. We are now about to head into a really cool segment with a really cool person who I've known for a long time. And I'm going to read... I'm going to read... I'm going to read her bio now so we can get right into it. So Alexis Pink is the news coordinator at 4ZZZ and the host of The Pineapple Rebellion every Friday morning at 9am on 4ZZZ discussing all things local and state politics. Alexis is a journalist, comedian, radio extraordinaire and dear friend. Hello, Alexis. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's a lovely day for it. It is a lovely day for it, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming along. Oh, thank you. I've, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm genuinely very pleased to have you in here. That is ridiculous. I do not know why you're saying that. <laughs> uh, you're, you're definitely undervaluing yourself. How long have you been working in journalism? How long have I been working in journalism? It's about 
three to four years. It'll be four years when we hit November. That's when my first episode of the Pineapple Rebellion went out. Wow. I feel I feel like you've just been doing doing this so much longer than that. You're so professional and so pro. I had a little bit of an advantage in this particular area. I've been interested in politics for a long time, and I learnt a lot while I was, you know, um, trying to find myself in my career. Right. And do you think that some of the experiences that you've had... Because were you doing journalism and doing a lot of reporting before you started transitioning? So they pretty much coincided very sort of typical thing to do is to have a midlife crisis at 35, apparently. <laughs> apparently everything changes all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's probably like increments of like times in life where you have these crises as well and then you realise profound things about yourself. But I'm so glad that you've come out because you were, you've were you always been there for me as I was coming through my transition and just on air going to thank you for being there for me. Oh, uh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> you, you've, you've been a wonderful person to know. Oh, <laughs> we're only in the early stages of the interview. No crying yet. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges that you've had to come up against through your experience with, with reporting and, so and politics? A, there's a couple of things. Um, mm. Transitioning when I did, like I was 35, I, I was, you know, male, really. Uh, I presented pretty outwardly male, nerdy male, but male. And um, yeah, Transitioning that late can be a little bit of a challenge. I mean, you've had the advantages and disadvantages of, you know, 35 years of, you know, that conditioning and just under 20 years of all of those hormones through. And that's not a hilarious thing to deal with. At the same time as going into a new industry as a new journalist with a community radio station where... Most people in the industry don't take you as seriously as they would a commercial journalist. It's just the truth of the environment. One of the first experiences I have from Parliament House was being rejected on the first day because they would not accept my press credentials on the day. Wow. I, I had to get an, let's say, unnamed Courier Mail journalist who was the head of the media gallery at the time to specifically call security and let me in. Wow. And did, would this have happened before, like coming out or? It probably would have happened that way as well. But right. the first few days in Parliament were spectacular for moments of double takes and people, you know, not gawking, but being somewhat unnerved by the presence of a transgender person in Parliament. We're fairly rare. There are a few and not as many who are as open as I am about it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, like, we've spoken before uh, off-air about how, you know, we don't actually know how many trans people can be in politics because in terms of passing privilege, you know, there, there, there very well could be more trans and intersex people that are just not open or out in yeah. those spaces as well. Yeah, well, that's... Do, do you find that some of the experiences, like, do you find that it's been getting easier for you in terms of those space? Those spaces there? Yeah. So let me tell you the tale of a a specific parliamentarian who I won't name because it's not very fair. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to give people the room room to grow. Otherwise, you know, we're absolutely the stereotypes of what people say we are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, unreasonable and um, ridiculous when it comes to you know our own identities. On the first day I was in Parliament, I was with a couple of journalists and we were talking to this person and they. 
They were talking away for a little bit, and during the conversation, they turned and looked at me, startled a bit, and then went directly back to talking to the other two without thinking about it. Like, like she was about to say hi, but, oh, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> right. Over time, we, you know, we had to work together. I mean, that's the job that um, journalists do with parliamentarians, and... Over time, we got to the point where it didn't matter. In fact, we found a little bit of common ground over baking, believe it or not. Oh, there you go. Well, there's common ground with everyone, so I guess that helps. Yeah, everyone likes baking, and I, I do like baking. It's one of my favourite things to do. How, do. how did you... I've got to ask, how did you work baking into the dialogue with, with interviewing there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just my experience. That's <laughs> what you want me to say. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Uh, and I guess, like, do you find... So, you know, with working with politics and working in spaces of journalism, has overall your experience just been generally good? Have you, like, feeling more confident being open in, in, in Parliament and at, in community radio and stuff like that as well? So, generally, the people in Parliament are adults. They don't treat people badly just because of the way that they look. But there's a line there which is hard not to notice occasionally. Like... Let's talk about um, Robbie Catter's right-to-use-gendered language bill from a couple of years ago, which they've promised to bring back and right. have modestly promoted over the years. Like, I was in a press conference with the Catters that day, and they weren't talking about that bill. It was going to go to a debate that night, and I asked them four straight-up questions about why this bill was important to them. And they gave me reasonable if not very satisfying answers to those particular questions you know we're doing this because we want to protect some northern queenslanders from being prosecuted for being you know effectively bigoted but no that that's not a very good answer to that question it sort of coddles northern queenslanders quite a lot pretends that you know they don't have agency in their own thoughts and feelings and can't learn anything from other people which is wrong absolutely wrong but um yeah that the conversation was you know clinical it's what they do then i was in parliament i was taking notes in the press gallery above the parliament and robbie gave his speech which to be honest not the most fun speech to listen to there would be later speeches that were actually genuinely worse. But um, on that day, he was losing. It, it, no way this bill was getting up. The opposition weren't willing to back it. The, the government weren't willing to back it. He was on his own. And um, during the debate, one of the members from the LNP side go over to Robbie and they're just, you know, talking away for a bit. And then he does something and... In my mind, it sounded, it must have sounded something like this. Oh, you look a little bit upset here, Robbie. Is there anything we can do? What do you mean I'm upset? You guys aren't supporting my bill. He points over at the opposition benches, and those guys are taking me apart, points over at the government, and that trans journalist is in the gallery. He points directly up at the gallery. Oh, my goodness. And I go, okay. <laughs> How, how did that feel for you? That was confronting. It's a reminder that um, people can be nice to your face all the time. And let's be 
let's be clear, Robbie doesn't discriminate against me personally. He's a nice guy. He does these things. But when it comes to what what you say and what you do, well, what you do on the floor of Parliament counts. And, you know, that hurt a bit. Mm. Completely reasonable for me to think that that was, you know, a bad thing to have happen. Has, has the state of Parliament, when you're in that space, uh, I mean, you're fairly familiar with there now and people know you. Has, is it better? Do you feel like it's generally better now, that, especially with the last, I don't know, 12 months of attention that trans media have? Are things getting better? Are you seeing progress? There are certain parliamentarians who don't deal with this particularly well. And that that's fine. I, I don't need to interact with absolutely every one of them. But the vast majority of MPs, both sides of the House, aren't terribly, mm. you know, personally discriminatory to a trans person. Their job is to be nice to people, realistically. They're trying to convince them to vote in a certain way. And when I talk to, say, opposition MPs, the current opposition is the LNP in Queensland... They talk about what they can provide to trans people, but realistically, they're locked in a certain way of thinking at the moment that would make it hard for transgender people to support the LNP wholeheartedly. That's the influences inside that party make it really distinctly difficult mm. to, you know, be open in that environment. I did a feature on transgender people in parliaments for a special a couple of years ago and we were easily able to find someone from the Queensland Greens who was transgender and we found someone from Labour who was transgender working in parliamentary spaces but we couldn't find anyone from the LNP and that may not be because the LNP has no transgender people it's because it's genuinely difficult for a transgender person to operate in that environment. Mm. What do you think needs to change in politics for trans people to feel more welcome? That's a really tough question because yeah. there's no easy answers to that. Mostly it's about being as open and inclusive to those people as you possibly can. But there's a specter in all of that and you may know some of the sources to some of those things the specifically bigoted people that will, you know, sort of move against minorities as either a part of their politics or as, you know, part of their own internal thinking. But um, it may just take time. That mm. Inclusiveness comes from being known. As a movement, we've been around for a long time, as transgender people, but really only to prominence in maybe the last 20 or 30 years. People are not settled on us being in media spaces and political spaces yet. It's not to say that there aren't opportunities. Certainly, there are definitely things happening around the world to suggest that, you know, politics is moving a little bit in that direction. There's been U.S. congressmen and state, um, state representatives who have been transgender in the states and just recently there was a story about a Tory MP in England who's come out and that's not the sort of story we get here we're a little bit behind the ball but um it'll happen just 
we don't know when. Yeah. I mean, even in Brazil, they've just recently elected uh, their first black trans woman for a, cu- in a, couple, a couple, couple of states. in yeah. Brazil and uh, at least one in Mexico as well. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. That's yeah. true. That was Mexico too. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alexis, so much for being as public as you are as well. You know, it is, I, I, I think, transmission. We all believe that being in public and being seen is part of us eventually and hopefully reaching a point of equality and that we can enter into spaces as well. Oh, yeah. And Alexis, you are playing a huge role in paving that road for mm. so many people, you know, including us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Just... Briefly, what is Pineapple Rebellion? Because obviously it's your fixation of local ah, politics. The pineapple Rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Pineapple Rebellion is my state and local politics show. We talk about the nitty gritty of bills and reports that come out and stuff like that. Very sort of dry political stuff, but we also cut it with a little bit of humour so you don't spend all of your time bemoaning the world and the way that it all works. Your comedy is fantastic as well. You're very funny, so it's excellent. I, I do what I can. Whether it's appreciated or not is another thing entirely. Oh, it's definitely appreciated. I love tuning in on Friday morning. I love those skits at the beginning. They're fantastic. So, yeah, if you want to check out Pineapple Rebellion, there every Friday morning at 9am on 4ZZZ. You can also listen back to that on demand. I'm going to put a link on the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z so you can check out some more of Alexis' work. And if you have any questions about anything to do with politics, I'm sure Alexis would love to have a message and you can have a chat as well. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, we're about to have a chat uh, for this last 10 minutes of Transmission about the Brisbane Feminist Festival that was held over the this last weekend bin from October 15th to October 16th. Kai and I attended in person on Sunday. For, it was the first time they were in person since 2019, so um, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. All done by one woman project. And it was my very first intersectional feminist festival, and I was absolutely blown away. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. So glad that I went. I was, I mean, very, a bit overwhelming. There's so many incredible people all coming from the different areas that they work in and bringing us that wisdom and knowledge, you know, and, and, oh my gosh, the solidarity is just huge, like heartwarming. I couldn't, like, I'm just listening to you and just shaking my head like, yeah, so good, (laughs) so good, so good. As some some tips for any of our trans and gender non-conforming listeners out there, particularly, I guess, if I'm only speaking to my experience as a trans mask person and, and, a, and a passing trans person as well, that this was actually something that I felt very welcome in. I was nervous personally before going, going, oh, am I going to be welcome in these spaces? And, and that can always be a little challenging for trans people to figure out if this is a space that you can be comfortable in. And I assure you that One Woman Project were so accommodating. Mm-hmm. They made no assumptions about anyone. Everything was very inclusive, including like their keynote speakers were really well versed in terms of including using inclusive language. Mm-hmm. And all the volunteers were just so well informed, so professional, so lovely, so smiley and just generally very happy to be there and be running such a powerful program. Yeah. And Kai and I actually sat in on a panel on the Sunday afternoon with Heidi. I've oh gotten, gosh. Oh my God. There were so many there was, amazing Heidi, people like there. Nadine. Yeah. Uh, Nadine Shamali, Heidi LeFay. LeFay. Busy. Busy. Archie Arsnick. Archie Arsnick. And ah, um, someone from Scarlet and uh, from Respect 
Inc. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking. Oh my gosh, I have forgotten their name. It's so bad. Mm. Um, yeah, but that that was so good. That particular panel was very intimate about our experiences with sex and shame. Done particularly well. And if you wanted to check it out, some of what went on for so you can know what's just been, and maybe you can look at One Woman Project in the future because they they have definitely expressed that they will be putting on another BFF. Brisbane Feminist Festival next year. Also, 4ZZZ, you know, sponsors of 4ZZZ too, which is great. And 4ZZZ were present there. CJ from Locked In was on a panel as well talking about prison abolition. Transformative trans- justice. And transformative justice. Yeah. And that was that was awesome. It was the first panel of, like, of that kind that I've sat in on, and it was extremely interesting. And a lot of the nuances and the difficulties and ba- barriers and gates that are there in terms of the prison system and how that affects people in marginalized communities as well, which was really, yeah, it was very informative. It was very empowering and, yeah, just general awareness. So excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. There were people there from Sisters Inside, Children by Choice, One Million Women, African Women Australia Incorporated, I think it was, and Pacifica Women's Alliance and Pacific Climate Warriors. There's just so many incredible people there that day talking about the causes and the the work that they're doing in their areas. And really, that's the thing about intersectionalism is is that it's the understanding that there's so many different ways that everyone is affected under like patriarchy and colonialism and classism and everything. And it's so important for us to all come together and share those stories and st- like be there for each other, show up for each other, better understand the ways that each other are being affected and you know, also share our own stories and, and what's going on with us. It's very easy for anyone to be put off by feminism when what you've been exposed to is the kind of trans-exclusionary and sex worker exclusionary radical feminism that uh, you know is so noisy and really gets out there and you know is so focused on on white wealthy women whereas yeah intersectional feminism brings everyone together and acknowledges all of those variances in experience yeah it's it's also acknowledging how the patriarchy and misogyny affect many different communities and not just exclusively cis women and not just exclusively cis white women it also affects climate change and how how we are experiencing climate change as well it's it's affecting different communities for a vast range of reasons if you'd like to look into more about intersectional feminism uh yeah definitely google it there's lots of interesting ways of looking at how marginalized communities all experience the same kind of suffering under patriarchy Mm. oh and i just wanted to add in that deconstructing sex and shame panel that we you know went to it was busy lavelle and Elena Jeffries from Decrim um, Quilled and Claire Moran, who has a PhD in health psychology from UQ. So, yeah. That it was, was a it was, really good panel. Oh, I could have sat in that panel for days and, and I, I would have loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing too because it was sort of like, it was one of those panels where I could see that they were trying to wrap up and I'm like, no, don't wrap up. Give yeah. us another hour. Come on. At uh, least. At least. <laughs> yeah. So that was excellent. Uh, yeah, check out the Brisbane Feminist Festival for next year, onewomanproject.org, can recommend. That's the end of transmission today. Yeah, it's been a great, a great episode. If you would like to listen back to more, you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with a Z. We've got podcasts there, and you can listen back to uh, the On Demand, which is uh, up to five episodes uh, back as well. Yeah, it's great stuff. And thank you so much. Have fun out there. Yeah. Take care of each other. Be safe. That's it. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Have a beautiful day. Bye.
thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ. Thank you.